0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 13, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. JMac, a.k.a. Founder numero uno, and I am joined by my co-host today, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder numero dos, Ben the Stallion Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man?
1: Oh, man, now I'm thinking of the movie Rocky. Well done, Justin. Good evening. How are you, my friend?
0: Doing well, man. Doing well. What's new?
1: Uh, well, like I said, I'm ready about to go, um, I would say, 15 rounds against Apollo, but I'm sure he would have me leveled in about three and a half seconds. Uh, but I am doing quite, <laughs> quite well. Hey, um, what did you think of uh, the Simpsons episode we did last week?
0: Dude, I had such a blast talking about that home with the bad episode.
1: Definitely huge props to our friend Caitlin for jumping on and joining us. Definitely expect good things to come from sensibly loud media in the future.
0: Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to uh, Caitlin. And uh, thanks to Jimmy Midtown for uh, joining us, giving us a little Mets talk last week. We had double time of the uh, double dose of the outfielder last week.
1: I know. I can't believe it. And um,
0: well, more like a of- dose and a half, I guess.
1: Yeah, you know I like to think of it, it's like a a quick one two punch. Dare I say in boxing the Italian stallion.
0: Would you leave Rocky alone for the love of God?
1: They told that Russian guy and Mr. T in the third one. What was what was the (laughs) Russian guy's name? Do you remember that?
0: No, I don't remember. Was it Russian guy? I
1: will crush you. Like that was his
0: I need to really start rethinking these nicknames, I think. You're, it's going to your head.
1: Just going just gonna to go down a rabbit hole, man, if we keep, if we keep this up. Uh, I By know the it. way, do want to uh, mention to the podcast, uh, we are about a week removed, but I hope everyone had a good Jackie Robinson day that was last Sunday on the 15th.
0: Definitely, man. That's one of my favorite days in baseball. It's such a cool camaraderie thing.
1: Yeah. After after Major League Baseball crapped on African-Americans for the better part of a century, uh, it's kind of cool that they're trying to make somewhat of amends on it.
0: Totally. I mean, yeah, that's hey, a whole other discussion. Hey, just a little bit racy.
1: Did you watch any good baseball this week?
0: Yeah, I've watched a little bit of baseball, uh, a lot of uh, actually a lot of good baseball. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that here in a few minutes. I, I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves. Uh, But yeah, we want to thank everybody for tuning in last week who tuned in. Uh, Like I said, double dose of the outfielder, got to uh, talk a little bit of Mets baseball with Jimmy Midtown and uh, talk a little bit about homer at the bat. So uh, if you didn't uh, get a chance to check it out still out there, please do so. We uh, we appreciate everyone uh, uh, checking in with us. So as we move on, Ben, who is sponsoring the pond today?
1: Yeah. Oh, here we go. In theaters this summer, everyone's favorite Marvel hero is back, trying to save Stark Industries and the world from some generic alien threat. Replacing Robert Downey Jr. is baseball's own Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr. Watch him go from 2,632 consecutive games played to saving New York from some comic book stuff in theaters soon. Back to you, Justin.
0: Feels like a money play.
1: On whose part, Marvel's or Cal's?
0: (laughs) I mean, it's certainly a, a – a, definitely a branching out of Marvels to reach out to a new audience demographic. But uh, I was really kinda, kind of kind uh, of going towards the former there.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to say at age 57, I'd still probably go see that movie.
0: I mean, we'd have to because we'd have to be doing a review on it oh here. Oh, my God.
1: We should start just reviewing baseball movies. Um No.
0: No, we shouldn't because they're just they're not that many good ones.
1: No, there's like the natural and then everything else. <laughs>
0: no, there's... It's not like there's a tin cup for baseball. I <laughs> Major mean, Major
1: League Rookie of the Year, Field of Dreams, a league of their in... own. That's a good Do one. You...
0: It is a good one. Do you include basketball there?
1: Ooh. Uh, I would love any excuse to see the goodness of Matt Parker and Trey Stone, plus you get um, two songs done by Real Big Fish in that movie, so everyone's you favorite would. ska punk from the 90s.
0: <laughs> you would. Oh, don't, don't man. Hate me.
1: Hey, speaking of 90s bands, um, did you see who played the Ranger Stadium like this weekend? <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, God, I saw it. I don't remember what it was. Who was fucking
1: it? Smash Mouth. Play.
0: Dude, <laughs> fuck Smash Mouth, all right? Man, fu- Dude, don't even get me started on Smash no, Mouth. So,
1: first off, this is a total missed opportunity. Because, like, y- don't, don't be hating Justin. The world does too much hating it. But you know what game they should have played? The All-Star Game? Don't lay out under you. Of a bitch.
0: <laughs> that's so terrible. No. Those dudes, for whatever reason, I guess they have some hometown pride, which I guess I can reasonably understand, but they think inappropriate to defend Pablo fucking Sandoval.
1: Oh, that's right. You got in a fight with him on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. So fuck Smash <laughs> no, Mouth. No, no,
1: no, no. That's okay. So what
0: was Let's, no, let's let's, let's, let's not <laughs> let, let's not go into it. We'll, okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk so, at some point about our experiences of getting blocked on Twitter and and how it all went down. I think we need to separate that for a whole episode okay. be, or, or something, uh, you know, thereof because it's an expansive story. But I definitely got into it with them.
1: So my experience on social media is very limited when it comes to causing mischief. However. Foundero, founder numero uno <laughs> has been known to stir the pot and get various personal handles. Uh, I don't think he's gotten the outfielder blocked from anyone no, at, at outfielder pod no. on Twitter, um, no. to my knowledge. But hey, you could be <laughs> the first.
0: There was a time whenever uh, I saw that LeBron James had posted some video of his daughter playing hopscotch, and I saw that the very first comment on it. Was she stinks? <laughs> that's and I just, terrible. It's oh, it's absolutely terrible. Of course, I died laughing and couldn't come up with anything even remotely close to as good as straight up, very plainly. She stinks.
1: Well, so I'm proud of I you for not writing that, Justin.
0: <laughs> I mean, I thought it. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to business. Let's do around the diamond. What do you say, Ben?
1: I would love to go around the diamond. Absolutely. There's been a lot that's happened since our last round of the diamond two weeks ago. So plenty of good stuff to um, to make sure we catch up on.
0: Absolutely. Can't wait. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, so we'll go through the standings and we'll talk a little bit of baseball news and and can just kind of go through each team and or, you know, relatively and, and just see what everything is uh, or what all is happening in the league. So we'll start with the American League East. You have Boston at 17 and four. You have Toronto at 13 and 8. You have the Yankees at 11 and 9. You have the Rays at 8 and 13. And Baltimore in the basement at 6 and 16.
1: Yeah, so a few, a few thoughts um, starting out on there. First off, it's funny to say that the Red Sox have now um, lost two in a row. Because that means they were seventeen and two. Like, what an incredible start to the season they've had. Um, which, especially because of how happy that makes you, Justin, is just annoying as piss for me. So I totally am, understand. I am definitely um, happy for your uh, for your Patriot boys uh, enjoying their run at things. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily sleep on uh, sleep on Toronto, but hey, the Yankees are finally above 500. So you got that going for them, right?
0: Totally. Yeah. So the thing with Boston is this. Uh, I mean, aside from my Homer fandom and all that, um, what they're doing is incredible. The start that they're off to this was I'm going to read this this uh, thing that I saw on Twitter the other day. And I'm going to send this, or I'm going to read this. I sent this to Ben, but, so this was a couple days ago, mind you, but the Red Sox lead the MLB in wins at 14 at the time. So they've won three more since then and lost two. Uh, Batting average at 283, OBP of 356, slugging percentage of 475, OPS of 831, and 6.19 runs per game. They lead the league in doubles at 47, extra base hits at 69, and their starting pitching is at 2.05 ERA. ERA. That's incredible. I don't care who the team is.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Regardless of what team is putting up those numbers, that would be one of our leadoff stories for tonight. Um, In fact, as of recording this, Boston, despite losing their last two, they still have a run differential of plus 64.
0: Yep. Easily what's the What's the next in the league?
1: Uh, the next is Houston. I think it's the Astros. At 58, yeah. yeah. But yeah. other than that, no one else is above 33.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Who's Dude. the worst I always like to see?
1: Oh, the worst god uh, prob- Ooh, the Chicago White Sox are down 56.
0: Yeah, let's I believe see. it. They've only won four games, so that oh, makes sense.
1: Miami, 58.
0: Oh, let's not even get started with Derek Jeter. Um... <laughs>
1: That's Anyways, great. the
0: other point I wanted to make on the Boston thing though, one thing that I thought is incredible, I was watching the game. This was on Friday night. It was the first game against Oakland that they were playing. And the game the the Red Sox went down three to three in like the second inning and or three 0 nothing in the second inning. They tied it up three to three in the third inning. In the fourth inning, they loaded the bases with one out. And I was watching the game and I saw Mitch Moreland was up, was getting ready to come out of the dugout to go up to bat, right? You were
1: already worried.
0: Uh, Absolutely. And and I love Mitchie Two Bags. I think, I mean, you know, I I definitely think that he's done a lot of better things in Boston than he did in Texas. Uh, And I think that there are certain things about playing at Fenway and, and the way that the Red Sox team is constructed that really. Uh, helps bolster some of his weaknesses in a way that makes him a little bit less of a liability in general, mainly because you can DH him and you can have him at first base, but he's also alternating with Hanley anyway. So Mitch Moreland, you know, a a longtime veteran standing there in the dugout. I can see him sitting there looking at a tablet with uh, a bunch of the coaches and I can see them explaining things. I can see his, his head nodding along and, that dude walks right up to the plate, looked at one pitch and hit a grand slam.
1: Jeez.
0: He absolutely knew what pitch he was looking for there. He They had all the analytical data to know with that situation what he was going to be looking for whenever they pitched to him, and they did, and, and he hit a grand slam. It was the most unreal, like, transparent use of analytical data I've seen yet in baseball as far as just, like, using it in real time to get you through games and to make sure that you're doing the actual best thing in every given situation. Yeah. And, and- I know what's going on around the league, but that has been the biggest difference in the Red Sox this year is their use of that stuff and how they communicate to players and how players can translate that data into things that are productive for them.
1: Yeah, and I think that the um casual fan or average fan like they understand the analytics is going on. Um but just absolutely insane to see it practically applied, like within game, pitch by pitch. You know, so yes. that's kind of like taking it to a whole other level, at least from a visibility standpoint. Uh, I know a guy who's in the farm system for the Astros, and when he got drafted, um, they handed him a thumb drive with just some ungodly number, like seven gigs of freaking analytical data. Good just, lord! Just insane amount of stuff. So they're definitely password definitely is password. Yeah, exactly. Password <laughs> is always password, uh, except on our things, of course. No. Yes. Um, so Justin, you said that was on Friday night where you happen to be watch? Did you happen to watch the Red Sox on Saturday night?
0: We're going to get there. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the only other note I wanted to make about the, a- the, uh, AL East, I was looking at, I was reading through some articles the other day. I believe it was an SI article that was talking about Baltimore, And how disjointed the front office has been and how, uh, I mean, the team is a mess, man. They've all got six wins. They are just, it's not a well-constructed team at all. It really isn't. And, you know, a lot of people want to blame Buck Showalter. I don't really know how you can. It's a poorly constructed roster. Their pitching is atrocious. It really doesn't make any sense, and a lot of people have been kind of counting down the ending days of Buck Showalter in Baltimore. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they're going to clean house in the front office and find find a, a, a uh, you know, uh, basically a philosophy that's going to work for both of them.
1: Oh, sure. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting that you're talking about a disjointed uh, front office because to me, and not to go back to... Friggin' Boston, but you do want that kind of a cohesion that you're seeing in Boston's dugout in your front yeah. office as well. So props to Cora for the way he's running the shop in uh, in Boston, uh, plus the GM and ownership group for kind of like giving him tools and then just letting him work with it. Because yep. uh, I think a lot of times what could be happening in Baltimore, and I know it's happened um in Texas is the ownership group will be butting heads with the GM and the manager oh, yeah. will just kind of be caught there twiddling their thumbs trying to make the best of a bad situation so i wonder how much of that is impacting the Orioles
0: well and it's certainly important to remember that you know if you get a new GM in there then it's almost certain that they're going to want to hire their coach mm-hmm. and if you look at what Boston's gone through in the last couple of years they they wanted to fire John Farrell two seasons ago. The problem was that he got sick. And I and I feel for the guy, and, and you know, props to John Farrell. He was a great manager. You know, probably got a little more flack than he deserved, but the fact that he managed in Boston doesn't help that. Um, however, you know, Dave Dombrowski when he got hired, wanted to 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 get rid of him. And I think he wanted Tori Lavulo because Torrey Lavulo, who is now the manager of the Diamondbacks, was their bench coach for a long time. Yeah. And he was even paid as much as a manager was before he got hired by the Diamondbacks when they couldn't just stash him anymore. Yeah, and so I get- really think that they would have fired John Farrell if it weren't for, you know, getting sick and all that. It, it was too bad of a PR look. No, it makes, makes absolute perfect sense. And I
1: mean, especially anytime you see a bench coach um, kind of making bank like that and starting to stack papers, you know, it's, you yep. know that, they're, that they're building a pipeline.
0: Absolutely. So, anyway, enough about that division. But it's shaping up to be interesting, though. Uh, The Yankees are getting a little bit better. They do seem like they're starting to kind of get some cohesion in that lineup. When they're winning, they're winning big is what I've noticed. One
1: quick note in the East before we move on. If you happen to see what happened to uh, Toronto's roof.
0: We're going to get to that in a little bit.
1: Okay. I got you. Perfect. We're definitely
0: going to get to that a little bit.
1: Awesome. Sorry about that. Keep going.
0: No, you're good. Um, all right, so in the central, so this is where things have ground down a little bit it feels like. Uh, and there's some things that we'll talk about here in a little while too uh, that kind of contribute to this, but it's there's definitely some interesting disparities here. Uh, but Cleveland is at 11 and eight, Minnesota eight and eight, so they're right at 500, Detroit at 9 and 11, Kansas City at 5 and 15, and then the White sox at 4 and 14. That four and fourteen there—that's rough.
1: <laughs> yeah, not a good time to be a um, uh, <laughs> not a good time to be a, a White Sox fan for sure. Um, I think that you know you can't necessarily quantify the impact of the weather, but just these AL Central teams to me just feel bogged down. Um, all of them play outside, so all of them have had some semblance of delays. And I mean, look, Boston's played twenty-one games. The yep. Twins have played 16. That's crazy. I just think That's that crazy. that overall, I'm given all those factors though. I'm a little surprised to, to see um, how competitive Detroit's being. I yeah. didn't, I kind of had them more in the cellar and it, you know, we're, we're still fresh. They've only played 20 games, but they're at nine and 11. Uh, they're two and a half back at Cleveland.
0: they fun to th- watch though, man.
1: No, that is true. Um, I also think Cleveland um, I was expecting a little stronger start from them. Yeah, eleven and eight. Agreed. I'd still be happy for it as a Ranger fan, but I think that um, especially after having a strong year last year and then losing the World Series a year before that, they still have a strong team there, and i I think if I were in Cleveland, I'd be expecting more of like a thirteen and six sort of sort of start.
0: probably so. I would say. I'll I'll throw out the hot take here that there may be... a Cleveland may be in a situation where their window passed. And because to me, when I look at, like, the Red Sox, the the Astros, the Angels even to an extent, that's a team that's on the up and rise. Cleveland didn't really get that much better this offseason. And... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really see how you can just kind of keep rolling out the same thing and expect it to work. It's a well designed team, but I don't know if it's there.
1: So, when I'm, I don't want to jump to the NL, but it almost makes me wonder if, from a lack of movement and window, if that's not something the Dodgers need to start being on the lookout for.
0: 100%. We'll talk about that in a minute for sure, too. But I 100% agree. Um, but anyway, yeah. This, so this division's melt- milled around a little bit, but uh, you know, I, I, the, if you do have a chance to check out some do, uh, some uh, Tiger stuff, uh, you're you, you should. It's, it's fun baseball to watch. Let's move on to the West. The West uh, has the Astros at 16 and seven, the Angels at 14 and eight, stumbling a little bit there. The Mariners at 11 and nine, Oakland at 11 and 11, and the Rangers at eight and 15. Ben, thoughts.
1: Uh, so definitely, we were all really surprised by the the start that the Angels had. And I really think that they, um, you know, in their last 10, they've gone five and five, which means they started nine and three. And everyone who's an Angels fan was just through the roof with that type of a, of a start. And since then, they've cooled off a little bit. Uh, Otani had a really tough time in Boston. And that kind of cooled him off a bit. I have a question. Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of Otani versus Boston. Um, and that was in L.A., by the way. Oof. Um, so Otani's this phenom pitcher, right? When he was, he got through two innings against Boston before coming out because of a blister, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't locating pitches at all when he was getting his pitches and he was leaving them down in the zone and the Red Sox raked him. So my question is you've got, I mean, they're sitting there saying, oh, it was a blister yet. He may miss a start or he may, you know, he may not even miss a start. You've got guys like Rich Hill who go on the DL for on the 60 day DL for blisters. What? That feels like an excuse to me.
1: Well, I'm not entirely sure that. uh, I think I do think that that the blister thing is an excuse. I just think he wasn't on. Um, Still, though. Two, two and one uh, ERA of three point six. Fifteen innings pitched. I'm still happy with that signing if I'm an Angels fan.
0: An extremely low sample size though. That's true. And I mean his ERA went up by a full point because of playing Boston. I'm just saying that teams are gonna figure him out. And I think that as far as far as pitching goes, I would say that he's gonna start to have his tendencies that they haven't gotten to look at yet.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: See it happen. Anyway. Uh, Seattle's interesting to me, too. Not quite bad, not quite great.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with them, and they've been battling the Rangers hard this weekend. Once again, we're still early enough in the season that you kind of have a lot of teams hovering around that 500 mark.
0: Oh, for sure. No Um,
1: doubt. I'm going to be anxious to see just long-term you know, who those teams are Well, who any of these teams are, but especially those middle of the pack, you know, do the angels have what it takes to make a run Are the Seattle Mariners for real enough to not be a, um, you know, a team that just starts trading away everyone. What's the deal with Oakland? You know, there's just, just yep. all that sort of stuff. And not only in this division.
0: Yep. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, Oakland just took two of three from Boston.
1: That's right. I mean,
0: and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I mean that's interesting. Um, all right, let's move on to the NL East. How about that?
1: Perfect, love it.
0: All right, so we have the Mets at fourteen and six. So the Mets have, st- have uh, stumbled a little bit. They are five and five in their last ten. We have the Phillies at fourteen and seven. We have the Braves at twelve and eight. We have Washington ten and eleven, and Miami at five and sixteen. Ben, thoughts?
1: So, no surprise with Miami, really surprised with Washington. But I'm if I'm a Nationals fan, I'm not concerned by that. So I Proof. think that overall, the Mets are, are proving to be the team to beat. And by the way, those of you that haven't listened to episode 11 with Jimmy Midtown, definitely worth your while. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think overall that competitive uh, that team has three oh my god that division has three competitive uh never mind four competitive teams so you have yeah, a lot of I'd good stuff happening there um you know with i don't know i i can't really make sense of it the nationals i don't think should be concerned but they at least need to start figuring it out what do you think
0: yeah i would agree so with the Mets. They've stumbled, which makes every Mets fan nearly shit their pants. Which I understand. Um, Jimmy Midtown said that he wouldn't come on the podcast again until they they've ripped off a couple of series wins. So, <laughs> uh, so we lost him for a little bit. Anyway, um, Philly seems to be getting it figured out with Kapler and everything. I still will be anxious to see how this that continues to play out. Um, Atlanta has been better, I think, than people kind of thought they would be. Julio Tehran had a really good outing the other day. I watched, and um, yeah, I mean, I think they've got some some injuries, but they'll be back soon. Yeah, uh, with, Washington, I am surprised about.
1: With Atlanta, uh, we covered them when we went through. I believe it was episode six or seven. We talked about buyers and sellers, and and just the overall. Um, what the rebuild process kind of looks like. And I don't think many people had Atlanta being this far along in their rebuild. I think um, ourselves included kind of had them in a still being about two or three years out from, from really making it, but starting they probably to, still are. Yeah. The, and you know, still early, they played 20 games. Um, yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what else goes on in the East for sure.
0: <laughs> no doubt in the central, we have St. Louis at 13 and eight, Milwaukee 14-9, Pittsburgh 12-10, the Cubs at 10-9, and, and Cincinnati at 3-18. Really, impre-
1: really impressed by the Brew crew. Told you, uh, man.
0: Yeah. Told you they weren't to be slept on.
1: 7-3 in their last ten and won their last six games. Like, just absolutely um, tearing it up. They got and, off to a little
0: bit of a slow start. Yeah. But they're picking it up.
1: I wonder how much the weather impacted them a bit. Milwaukee's not too far from uh, from Chicago.
0: Well, they um, play indoors, so.
1: Oh, they do now? Yeah. Uh, well, that's why. I'm still remembering the old stadium with the, the guy that did the slide into the big vat of beer.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. God, Iconic. what was his name? Oh, God, I have no idea. Something
1: like Billy Brewer or something?
0: Probably. Uh, St. Louis has been off to a pretty good start. Um even even Pittsburgh, even though they've cooled, they're three and seven in their last ten. So I think that uh maybe maybe a little bit of a hot start and kind of a cool off situation there.
1: Yeah, and I think Pittsburgh fans they're not having their hopes up this year. No, um, probably not. After Garrett Cole and um McCutcheon were dealt like I think Pittsburgh they're lucky to even be above 500 at this point, not to say that they're going to be on cloud nine, but I think that they're just, uh, that's, yeah. that's where they're. Oh, by the way, for what it's worth, it's Bernie Brewer,
0: Bernie, oh, Bernie Brewer. Brewer.
1: Nice. You know, nice.
0: Interesting. <laughs> the important glad, questions. Yes. I'm glad that we hammered that out. Um, the Cubs, I guess I'm a little, I guess I'm surprised. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts about the Cubs?
1: You know, it's it's kind of the same thing where I wonder if they're going through the same the same sort of stuff that's hit in Cleveland, where you have teams that hit substantially high. In the case of the Cubs, we've talked about the World Series hangover, but I I feel as though maybe their their window they're they're on looking out of the other side of it. Not sure yet. I think it's going to be interesting to see because. I think part of what's impacting them is they're just getting passed by Milwaukee and Pittsburgh, but at least with Pittsburgh, we know to not expect that. So I I easily see them trading places here in the next five or six games. Um,
0: And it's easy to forget that. I mean, they're, and obviously it's super early, so this is also speculative, right? But if you look at it, I mean, they're second to, to the basement, but they're only two games back out of the lead. And St. Louis and Milwaukee are both tied for the lead in the the NL Central. So I mean things I mean, all it takes is a, a you know, ripping off two series, you know, taking two of three or whatever and you're back on track. Mm-hmm. You know, and it may be a combination of some things working up top for you, but you know, I I don't know. I, I don't know if it's missing the window is the feeling I quite get, but it seems like the team, the team to me almost feels a little bit rudderless at times, which is very odd under the management of Joe, uh, to, of Joe Madden.
1: So what do you think about if you spend a bunch of money and signed a pitcher who is 0-2 with an ERA of 6.86 across 19.2 innings pitched with a strikeout to walk ratio of 1.91?
0: Yikes. Who is that?
1: You Darvish.
0: Yeah, he's going to get it going, though. He, you, man, you watched him pitch for so long. You know how it goes with him. So he, He's def- not always out there.
1: I definitely know how it goes for him. I'm just wondering if he's had, not unlike what happened to Neftali Feliz after the World Series, if Darvish doesn't now have something in his head uh, no. that he has to work out.
0: I don't think so, man. I I think that's probably jumping the gun a little bit on him. I think that his biggest issue, and you know this better than I do, is that he has such an amazing amount of repertoire that he can throw, and he's way more about the strikeout numbers, and he's way more about the, the fancy pitches and the way you strike people out than he is about just getting done with the inning and being efficient, which causes him to be inefficient at times. And I just wonder if he's fighting that a little bit still. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Well, I'm just saying, if he is supposedly a strikeout pitcher, strikeout-to-walk ratio 1.91.
0: Yeah, but that's two starts. That is true. So, I mean, you know. Um, All right, let's move on to the West.
1: Go West, young man.
0: Arizona Diamondbacks are 15 and 6, best team in the NL. The Rockies are at 12 and 11, the Dodgers at 9 and 10, the Giants at 9 and 12 and the Padres at 8 and 15. Ben thoughts.
1: Well, first things first, props to the Diamondbacks. If you'd have told me 3 weeks ago that the Diamondbacks and the Mets would be the two leading teams in the NL at this point, um I would have taken that bet. I would not have
0: um Would you this, have thought the Red Sox would be leading the AL?
1: I would have put them second or third. I, yeah, I would have exactly. put uh it's crazy. Yeah. Hey, 162 game season. Unless you're in Minnesota, then it's gonna be about a hundred and fifty game season because it'll still be snowing in June.
0: May as well be Nippon League. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, so I think that uh, I think that Arizona um definitely Off to a pushing great start. it. Colorado's about where I thought they'd be, you know, just above 500. They'll get some a little bit of momentum and have some hot streaks. I expect them to probably go about six and four, seven and three out of every ten games. Still kind of concerned that the Dodgers are below 500. I know it's early, but I'm wondering when at that point you start to um, start to sound the alarm a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've written about San Francisco in a, in a recent blog relative to the Dodgers. But I think that the Padres are, are, I'm not excited if I'm a Padres fan, but they're not as bad as like the Reds or Miami. So good for them.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that, I don't know, man. I think that the Diamondbacks are off to, to a really hot start. I wonder about their power. They traded for J.D. Martinez last year for that exact reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they've dealt with a lot of injuries so far, but obviously dealt with it well. And they've had some guys step in that have really been productive and they've been able to kind of play around the diamond. Like Chris Owings, for example, he's kind of primarily primarily a right fielder. Uh, however, he's kind of played all over the place to just fill in and, and make sure that... Uh, you know, it just give them that pop in the lineup where they need it. And it's really paid off for them. So it's been, been fun to watch so far. Colorado's kind of milling around. I'm, I haven't really got, been able to get a feel for them yet. The Dodgers. I, I kind of almost feel like they are in maybe that boat that we talked about earlier where they may have missed their window a little bit, uh, but I'm not sure yet. We'll see. So let's, uh, let's stop missing down there. Justin Turner. Definitely hurts them.
1: Let's stop down and play. If you, Justin, founder of Numero Uno, was in charge of okay. the Dodgers
0: mm-hmm. at
1: this point, you're nine and ten. What do you do? Not panic. Okay. So at this point, you play the game. At what point, if you're continuing a four point seven or a point four seven four win percentage, at what point do you panic? May, well,
0: June? Ah, uh, no. Probably, I I don't know if if panic is the right word. I think that you you've got to play it calmly, and you got to see what happens. You've got to I mean, if if things aren't going your way, by the time you get to mid June, you've got to start to be a. You, there's got to be some concern, um, but I don't know if. I don't know if, if that just changes overnight kind of thing.
1: Okay.
0: I I don't know. I mean, they've really hurt having Justin Turner out and batting lead off that dude, I think was a little bit more productive than people maybe realize. And he gives them a lot more pop than people realize. And, or maybe they do, I don't know, but I think they're figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. They're definitely figuring it out fast. Uh, And my biggest thing, man, and I said it at the beginning of the year, or, yeah, right around the beginning of the year anyway, I don't know if I said on the preview episode or not, but their biggest question marks are going to revolve around their pitching okay? whether they can stay healthy. And Rich Hill's already not there. (laughs) He's also, like, 40 years old, so that's not too surprising, I suppose. Yeah. The Giants have cooled a little bit, four and six of their last ten. I don't know what to think of the Giants yet. They got off to a hot start. Smash Mouth is a fan, so <laughs> let's strike, strike one right there.
1: No, I think walking on the sun was strike one.
0: Oh, fuck, fuck Smash Mouth. Anyway.
1: All right. Well, and that concludes our trip around the diamond. Hopefully, y'all don't have some baseball whiplash, because that was a good trip uh,
0: around the bases. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. All righty. Well, Ben, while we were... Off, quote unquote, last week, which isn't necessarily really being off because we recorded two episodes, (laughs) but uh, episode and a half, something like that. It was different.
1: It was an adventure.
0: It was an adventure. But man, the biggest thing about being off was that I I missed talking about things that were going on in baseball.
1: Absolutely.
0: So that was the worst part about it. Other than, I mean, I loved what we did. And I'm super glad we did it. I wouldn't change it, but I definitely miss getting to talk about some of the hot things that were going on around baseball.
1: Yeah, and certainly we want to drop in another pop culture episode at some point. But in the meantime, we got some baseball to talk about.
0: Totally, totally. So uh, what we're going to do, instead of doing the usual two, two you know, main stories, we're just going to kind of go around and talk about some of the big things that happened around the league over the last two weeks.
1: Love it. Love it. Can't wait.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to first start by talking about what happened on Saturday night in Oakland.
1: That's right. So um, you can never really tell in baseball when this is about to happen. Uh, A lot of people thought we were about to get our first no-no with Bartolo Colon, uh, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, but no. No. Who goes ahead and, and throws the first no-hitter of the year? Is it Kershaw? Is it Scherzer? No. It's never those guys. <laughs> Oakland's Sean Manea. How familiar <laughs> with Sean Manea are you?
0: So I actually was relatively familiar with Sean Manea since I streamed him on Fantasy in and out of my lineup pretty often. <laughs> Which, Other than that, I wouldn't be.
1: Yeah, no, it's one of those things. Um, I think... Unless you're an Oakland fan, not everyone just kind of, until this week, knew um, knew that name. Um, overall, Holy. we're looking at a three years with Oakland, a career uh, ERA of 3.81. So, decent number two or number three guy in your rotation. Certainly not an ace, but... What's incredible about this last Saturday is he takes on the hottest team in baseball, the Boston Red Sox.
0: Yep. And no hits him. What do you think? Man, so let me give you a few of the details of this game first. Okay. So let me ask you this, Ben, trivia. Who was the last Oakland A to throw a no hitter? Oh, God. <sighs> You aren't gonna believe this name when I tell you, and I'm not a fan. I was gonna say, is it
1: Catfish Hunter?
0: <laughs> Tony, suck. <laughs> the suck man. <laughs> uh, who was it? It was Dallas Braden. Really? In 2010. Do you remember Dallas Braden?
1: No, but it sounds like someone I don't want to remember.
0: Yeah, he's he's uh, he's all right. I mean, I don't know. I I just uh, nah. You know. <laughs> OK, just whatever. I don't really like the guy, but I don't really hate him either. It's not like Brian Wilson, where I just can't stand him. I I don't know. Anyway, um, so that was in 2010. Uh, so in this game, Manea walked the very first batter in the game. Awesome. And the Red Sox were 14 and two entering. No, they were 15 and two because they won the first game of this series. Yeah. Um so this was Saturday night. And so he walks the very first batter. After that he settles in, throws 108 pitches total, 75 of those for strikes. He uh strikes out 10 was a three to nothing shutout victory. Dude, Interesting, that's, right?
1: That's nuts. Um I really like the fact that you walk the first batter because then <laughs> the pressure's off. You're not it's going off. for a perfect game.
0: No. No. Um so I want to preface this real quick and say that I think a no hitter is one of the most amazing things to watch in sports. Watch mm-hmm. it happen. I think that it always it's ne- like I was saying before. It never happens to your Kershaws of the world. It's it's always someone random like that. I mean, it happens, but you know, not not commonly. It's always someone you haven't really heard of, or unless something
1: you're like Nolan that. Ryan.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and so. I love seeing this and I don't take away anything from those guys. Can I go on record on the, on the outfield of record and say that?
1: Oh, uh, let me just uh, carve it into a stone tablet, but yes, then Perfect. you are on record. Okay.
0: There were two very questionable calls in this game though, that man, <laughs> I don't know. Again, not to take away, you know, anything from the guy, Sounds like you're taken away. Well, listen. So there was a point in the the top of the sixth inning when Benintendi was at bat. He he got a base hit. Okay? Okay? So he's on base. And the A's manager came out and argued that Benintendi had run outside the base paths. So they reviewed it and overturned it. Hmm. So that's a questionable call though. Like,
1: I don't know. I mean, he, he does run outside the base path. Yeah, but there's that line. They don't closely enforce that. I'm just, they have an extra line on the field.
0: Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that it's, you can't just decide to enforce it whenever a no hitter is going on. Like, okay. You got to enforce it all the time. If you're going to enforce it, right.
1: You are not wrong.
0: I don't I'm feel saying- like that should be a challengeable thing. I okay. feel like if if a and I'm not just talking about this situation, I'm talking about any situation. <laughs> if an umpire catches you running outside the base pass, it's just like speeding on the highway. You know, you don't do it in assuming that you're well, usually you don't do it, assuming that you're you know or you just kind of operate under the pretense that big brother is watching, right? Well, it's the same kind of thing. Why That shouldn't be something that's reviewable and, and, and turnoverable in my case. So, turnoverable is not a word, by
1: the way. We and we can talk about turnovers and, and the reversals of calls and all that in baseball and, and just how anti-everything that, that is. But I'm just saying there's a rule – and I saw at least three footsteps outside of the base path.
0: If it but you see that way more often than you think.
1: And to be fair, I've never watched for that before. Yeah, and but you will be now. <laughs> if you told me, hey, he went outside the base path, I'm now looking for that.
0: Totally. And like I said, I'm not saying it was, I mean, whatever, it happens. You know, good Good for the guy. I'm not, not taking away anything. I, I just thought that was interesting. And there were some other things that kind of happened that were, that were... So there was a point where there was a pop fly that was bobbled mm-hmm. and he dropped it and it technically should have been a hit at that point in the outfield but they scored it an error.
1: Hmm.
0: And that's awfully convenient to do in the in the 8th inning of a no-hitter. I'm just uh, like I said, what, I'm not trying to conspiracy start because we all know that founder numero uno is all about conspiracies and, <laughs> and throwing shit out there just to see if it sticks against the wall. I'm all about that, and I'm not below that by any sense of the imagination. All I'm saying is it, that was a little suspect. The, the Benintendi one, you can make a case for, but the, the other thing was a little bit odd to me.
1: All right, so I just pulled up some, some trivia for you. The Athletics' first no-hitter. Can you tell me when it
0: was? No earthly idea. (laughs) I know this is like their 10th one, though. Uh,
1: It was July 22nd, 1905 by Weldon Henley. The Philadelphia Athletics had their first no-hitter, and it was against the St. Louis Browns, who went on (laughs)
0: to become the Baltimore (laughs) Orioles. (laughs) Just as inept as the football Browns. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Um,
1: Got these names of these old-timey players. 1910, Chief Bender threw a (laughs) note. 1916. It's
0: like Mordecai Three Finger Brown. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Cap Anson.
1: Number three, Bullet Joe Bush. Hell yes. Uh, That's a
0: strong, strong nickname.
1: Yeah, and then they didn't have another one until 45. Once again against the Browns, this one was Dick Fowler
0: can't respect some guy named Dick Fowler.
1: Which, by the way, I was totally right that Catfish Hunter threw one for the A's, but it was in Unbelievable.
0: 1968. <laughs> Unbelievable. God only knows where, why you remember that piece of, of uh, information. All right, let's move on. So another uh, thing that happened this week that I thought was really noteworthy. Did you happen to see what's going on up in Toronto at the Rogers Center?
1: Yeah, I heard people aren't having a very iced time. No,
0: just just.
1: For those no. listening at home, that sound you're hearing is the air coming off of Justin shaking his head aggressively at my <laughs> terrible puns.
0: Indeed, no. So you should explain that joke so that people know what why you maybe made it. It's not going to tell us anything, but.
1: So essentially, what happened? Blue Jays play inside because it gets cold in Canada. It's it chilly. Yeah, just a little bit, and then there's the huge tower that's right over the dome. Well, a large piece of ice fell onto the Rogers Center off of CN Tower, and basically, what ended up happening is it damaged the um, the top of it, and it you can almost see there's pictures of it where the like metal catwalky grating sort of thing that runs across it just legit looks like, I don't know, like a meteor hit it or something. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wish I could see the size of the chunk of ice that fell. But what ended up happening is... Um,
0: I wish I could see the, the size of the, guy, of the balls on the guys that were just walking up the roof.
1: Yeah, so there's video footage <laughs> of two guys that went on the, um, went on the icy, icy roof to try and fix it to get it ready for the, uh, ready for the game that night. Uh, they made all of their major repairs. Uh, they canceled one game, um, and then they did a doubleheader the next day after they got the roof fixed. So it's just absolutely uh, nuts. And, yeah, people, like, legit have died from falling off of oh, yeah. stadium roofs, uh, notably one in, in Dallas uh, right before our Super Bowl, I think.
0: Oh, Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, we're going to move on to the third thing. We're going to talk about the career conclusion for one Mike Napoli.
1: Nap Nap Wiener. Nap Nap Wiener.
0: So, unfortunately, Mike Napoli's career came to a screeching halt this past week. Um, Mike Napoli... uh, Formerly of the Texas Rangers, Boston Red Sox, and the Indians. And didn't he play for L.A. originally or something like that? Yeah, he's kind
1: of a bit of a journeyman.
0: But he's only played for those few teams.
1: Angels, Texas, Boston.
0: um, Texas.
1: Boston, Texas, Cleveland, Texas.
0: Right. Um, And so as a career... He has a war of twenty-seven point four wins above replacement, a two forty-six batting average, he hit two hundred and sixty home sixty-seven home runs. He had seven hundred and four ribbies. He had thirty-nine stolen bases. He had a three forty six OBP, slugged four seventy-five, and a career OPS of eight twenty-one. Not a bad career in total.
1: No, not at all.
0: But boy, he was streaky at times, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, and I think he often fell into um, fell into the position of where to put him. Yeah. Because it's almost like jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none.
0: He was a pretty good first baseman, though.
1: Yep, but remember, that wasn't where he started.
0: Right, he was a catcher. I right, do remember and that. so it's
1: just one of those things. But where the he Rangers
0: must- didn't have seem to have enough foresight to maybe think to keep that guy on a a regular, you know, kind of like a, a team-friendly deal like Boston signed to him and maybe put him in a different place.
1: And that's the stupid part because do you remember who they traded him so the Rangers could keep? Moreland? Yes. Mitchie okay. Two Bags.
0: Mitchie Two Bags.
1: That's one of the reasons I dislike him. Well, no. that's
0: um, <laughs> interesting, what too,
1: I think been? it's funny how many World Series teams he played for. He only won one world series when he was with Boston but he was on the Rangers world series teams uh Ran- Rangers world series team in 11 Boston in 14 and then Cleveland in 16
0: yep that's pretty crazy man been in the right he's a big locker room guy mm-hmm. he's a huge huge locker room guy and I, I, man I I was really torn on him cuz I loved him in Boston the first couple years but man 2015 He was just bad, and they ended up moving him. He only played 98 games in 2015 for the Red Sox, batted 207, 307, and uh, 386, and had an OPS of 693. So (laughs) he he really, really struggled his last year in Boston, and I think there was some injury there, but, I mean, hell, he's only – he, he played 98 games so I mean he played a good amount of the season. Yeah.
1: He yeah. um, still played 35 games in Texas that year. But um what Napoli ended up doing, I think one of my favorite Napoli moments um, there's like pictures of him after the Red Sox won the World Series. And he's just, like, shirtless, chain-smoking huh. with a huge beard in <laughs> downtown Boston. So,
0: he, uh, funny that you say that. I was there when that happened. Really? <laughs> yes, I was there that night, and I saw my wife, and I saw him uh, chugging, chugging down Boylston Street with, with uh, his shirt off and booze and a cigarette.
1: Hey, man, that's, that's the way baseball go.
0: It was a wild, wild scene. So what happened to
1: him? Uh, what, how'd he end his, uh, how did his career yeah, man. So
0: he signed a minor so he he finished with Texas last year. Once again didn't have a place for him. Batted 193, or he slashed 193, 285, 428 with an OPS of seven thirteen. So I mean he still had a reasonably high OPS, but I just I think that it was time to move on from him at the end of the year and he was I'm done sure. with that contract. Um and so he signed a minor league deal with Cleveland and so he was playing with Cleveland's triple A affiliate. He he was playing at first base. He was running down a uh, popped-up foul ball, trying to catch it, and he tripped over the the bullpen mounds over on the side and tore his ACL, MCL, and his meniscus in his knee. Oh, my God. And thus ends the career of Mike Napoli.
1: Well, you know, that's... Sad a day, way, man. You know, Sad day. By the way, his best year, uh, statistically, your highest batting average was... In Texas, in eleven batting average of three twenty, OBP four fourteen, select percentage of six thirty one, OPS of one point oh four six.
0: Hmm. Interesting. He wasn't better in Boston batting. Mm hmm. Interesting. I would have thought he was. He had a lot of RBIs in Boston though.
1: Yeah. Sure. Well, speaking the hell of, a year. of Texas, did you see what happened in Texas a week and a half ago?
0: I did. So I'm going to tell you this story a little bit. uh, I cannot wait. I love it. So last week we recorded two episodes and we recorded them. uh, I recorded one of them with Jimmy Midtown on Sunday night. And then Ben and I recorded the episode with friend of the pod, Caitlin, on Monday night. Right. Or is that, wait, was that Sunday night?
1: I think it was Monday night. Not important.
0: It kind of is though because I started watching. So no, it was Sunday night. So I must have recorded with the interview with Jimmy on Saturday, and then we did everything on Sunday. Okay. Because it was Sunday night baseball, and the Rangers and the Astros were on Sunday night baseball. And so before we decided to record, I was in my living room watching the game and you know making some notes and kind of preparing for the show and it was the first inning and Bartolo was pitching and I didn't really care about that too much. I've uh, believe it or not, I've had the opportunity to watch Bartolo Cologne before
1: when you were a little lot. Kid.
0: <sighs> Yes. And now that I'm an adult and etc. etc. I watched him pitch in a Red Sox uniform for God's sakes. Like I've watched this dude pitch. Uh, so I wasn't really too interested, but always interested to watch, see what the, the Astros are, are getting into. Um, and by all accounts, that probably wasn't what, The networks had planned for Sunday night baseball. What do you think about it? But as far as matchups go, but that happens. Um, But it was a good thing that it ended up being on Sunday night baseball because we came in to record the pod and then we got done with that. That took probably close to two hours, I would say. Uh, And I walked back out. I turned that game on, sat down in my recliner and there was a no hitter going on. It's insane. And, or a perfect game going on. Excuse me, not no hitter. And I literally texted Jimmy Midtown and said, you've got to be fucking kidding me, Bartolo. And I, I, I was flabbergasted that he was cruising. Dude is 44 years old versus the best team in baseball. Right now... He has the best wins over replacement of any pitcher on the Rangers staff.
1: That's insane.
0: That's absolutely crazy. He's almost
1: 45. It says here he's 44 years and 326 days old. It would have been the oldest pitcher to record a perfect game or a no-no.
0: Absolutely unbelievable. Unfortunately, got broken up. I don't understand why the networks are so insistent on just blasting it out and talking about it.
1: Oh, my God. It drives me crazy. At least
0: Absolutely insane. Come whether, on.
1: Whether you love him or hate him, I don't think I've seen Joe Buck jinx one. I've seen him call them, and I don't recall him jinxing it. I think the smarter announcers are like, history it's- is being made, or we're on our way to something special without officially yes. saying it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And as much as I'm not a Joe Buck guy, well, I like him more than I did like five years ago, but still. Um, him and Brockmeyer, that show Brockmeyer on IFC, mm-hmm. he, he changed some things for me. We'll have okay. to get you watching that at some point.
1: Awesome. Uh, did I tell you the other day, I was walking by a TV at work and they had ESPN on and Azaria was on as Brockmeyer going, yeah. giving baseball <laughs> updates?
0: Yes, that's. <laughs> Yes, I've actually seen that, too. I think That's I sent so you a awesome.
1: text. I was like, why is Azari on ESPN? Because <laughs> I love like... it.
0: Awesome. Well, um, Ben, why... So, okay, two more things. One more... Uh, one of the things is we've had our first manager firing in the MLB. What? What? So, let's talk a little bit real quick about the Reds. Those red
1: legs. Those Cincinnati red legs. Um, so definitely Cincinnati is off to a weak start. Um, and unfortunately, they've only gotten weaker. So I believe when the headline came down, they were 3-15. and
0: 15. Yep, 3-15 and 15 start.
1: And, um, and
0: they haven't won a game since then either. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just rough, so... Brian Price is who we're talking about that got yeah. fired, by the way.
1: So, Brian the Price... The same
0: man who said 77... Who said fuck 77 times at a, a uh, press conference.
1: Oh, He was just trying to impress you.
0: But he kept his job after that.
1: <laughs> I know that's Anyway, just go on, one of ben. the weirdest things. So, basically, he's been managing the team for five years, and if you look back in history... The Reds haven't been good in more than five years. So it had been kind of a rebuilding effort. um, But you actually have to build something for it to count as a rebuild. Otherwise, it's just... Otherwise, it's Joey
0: Votto and a bunch of silly shit.
1: This is the worst start for the Reds since 1931. So I think they're trying to save it. They pulled up their bench coach, Jim Riggleman, um, to manage the team on an interim basis, uh, who's formerly managed the Padres, the Cubs,
0: the Mariners, and the Nationals. Improperly, I might add. Oh, yeah? Tell me more. Uh, that's another topic for another day. That guy is useless. Okay. <laughs> He's shoeless. I have a toilet that they're welcome to use that could manage a team better than that Fucked hard.
1: Anyway. Love it. So essentially, I don't think anyone would have picked um, that uh, Brian Price was going to be the first manager fired this year. But lo and behold, 18 games in, Cincinnati made it happen. They still haven't won since the firing. I think they were trying to do it early enough in the year that the team has a chance to still establish an identity and get some momentum going. But I don't see it happening.
0: Terrible team. Bad baseballers. Yeah. And the thing is I I've been going hard at Gabe Kapler because he's a fucked heart as well. And the the red legs have quietly been far worse than the Phillies. I just didn't notice because they're absolutely irrelevant at all times.
1: Well that's that's what I I think part of is, is I think that it has to do with there were flashier mistakes Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and websites. So, yeah, and websites, of course. <laughs>
0: right, and well, websites.
1: Speaking of the NL, did you happen to see Bryce Harper go yard?
0: I did. Many, many Broke times, that bad. but
1: most notably, uh, I believe it was last last weekend um Harper's at the plate and shatters his bat, but he or breaks his bat, not so much shatters. But he didn't hit it in a very sweet part of the bat. He hit it probably, the bat broke maybe three inches above his uh, above his lead hand. And so normally you'd mm-hmm. think, okay, well, at best it made it, you know, into the middle of the infield. No, still was able to jack it probably 395, maybe 400 feet um, to shallow right center.
0: And well, it surprised him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it there's a reason he's on his way to being uh, baseball's first $400 million player.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, mm. uh, we'll see.
1: No, no, that is true. If this year's offseason taught us anything, it's don't create a false market because supply and demand uh, is really starting to take over baseball. And in fact, it kind of looks like it's taking over football as well. So it's interesting yep. to see... Um, it's a
0: good thing we don't have to worry about football in this podcast, huh?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: All righty. Well, Ben, that is what's been going on around the league. Uh, it been a hell of a two weeks, right?
1: Absolutely. Cannot believe um, all the stuff that's going on. But we do a lot have a quick, uh, quick moment for some rapid-fire questions. Justin, are you ready?
0: Absolutely. This is my favorite segment of the show. Perfect. Let's go.
1: Here we go. What upcoming series are you most excited about and why? Uh,
0: I would say the Red Sox and I would say their next three or four series in total. Um, the year that they won the World Series in 2013, they did not lose a series the entire year. So you're just I'm hoping for to keep the same that momentum? Thing. Other than the fact that I think they just lost the series against Oakland. But I'm excited to see them bounce back.
1: Good. Okay. Awesome. What's your question?
0: Uh, what age does Dark, does Bartolo throw his final pitch in?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I think with advancements in, um, cyborg technology, I don't think that there's an age for that. I think some piece of him will be pitching forever.
0: I love the fact that he's never gone out of his way to learn English yet. He's been pitching in this league for over 20 years.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'd say if this year goes well, I'd see him going, um, another year or two. I don't see him pitching much patch
0: 46. I've been saying that for years with that guy though. No, that, that is true. He is, he is, he is doing some sort of ketamine or HGH or whatever, dude. That guy is unbelievable. I think you're just
1: denying the big sexy. Okay. What team is most outperforming your expectations so far this year?
0: I would probably say the Diamondbacks. Okay. I thought that the, so I thought that they would take a step back, to be honest with you. And even with injury, they've still still kept everything together and kept the wheels on.
1: Awesome. Very cool.
0: What or who is the next manager to be fired?
1: Oh, snap. Dude, that's a good question. I'm still keeping my eyes out on Kapler. I think he may have gotten himself off the hot seat for a little bit. But uh, I, I think that... Anything could happen. I I still kind of have him on my short list.
0: Winning games definitely helps that. (laughs) Yeah, who'd have thought, right,
1: that that's what they pay you for?
0: It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: All right. Well, we want to take a time to uh, thank y'all for listening tonight or whenever you're listening to this, Uh, but make sure to check us out on social media. We are on Facebook at The Outfielder Podcast. We're on Instagram. We are on Twitter at Outfielder Pod. And don't forget to send us your questions or comments. Uh, Slide into those DMs so we can get those going here in our segments. Also, we are on iTunes and the Google Play Store, so make sure to check us out and rate, review, subscribe. If you like what you hear and tell your friends, that really helps us out. Uh, As always, check us out on sensiblyloud.com where you can get the latest of our thoughts um, in real time as we blog about what's going on in baseball and current events. And as always, thank you so much.
0: Yep, we want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode 13 of the Outfielder Podcast. We want to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Until next week, keep patrolling the outfield, and we'll see you right here on the Outfielder Podcast.
2: And I've been looking back on old photographs of you and They get of good times we had Learn how it gets to pay And I can't help but feel Like life had been born out of a of my feet So what can I hold on to? And you pull me away, every single day While you screaming in my face You discriminate, yeah that's what I hate Yeah, I'm feeling quite out of place It's my understanding of the world today That it's not getting better, it's not going away And I'm not feeling better, I'm not feeling okay So can you break it down a little? Cause I can't understand what you're saying I'm breaking the rules again, but I'm not sure what I've done I thought I found a meeting tonight, but that meeting was your bed and gun And I know that you, you're the only one that keeps me hanging around What am I getting myself into? Hanging around, it's never been this far before Now touch the ground, I won't to stick around for more and it stops in the head, yeah, if it ain't well I know she listen to what you said But the world that keeps me lying here, lying here, woo It keeps me lying here, woo